Once again, thank you for being a part of Sugar Hill Church this morning. I want you, if you would, take your device or your honest to goodness real life Bible and find the Gospel of John. Now, in the Gospel of John, one of the things I love is that when you read the Gospel of John, every time you finish a chapter, you stop and ask a couple of questions, like who did Jesus say he was and what does that mean to me? Now, if you're one of those people that when you read the Bible, you're kind of like, okay, I don't really get it. Why is it that I don't understand all of these pictures that Jesus paints as he teaches? Well, it could be because we don't put it in the right context. You see, I believe that the Bible is actually really pretty clear and easy to understand if you understand the context in which it was written, and then you can put it in the context of today. So Jesus is speaking to the most religious people in town. He's talking to the Pharisees. And as he's talking to the Pharisees, they're questioning his legitimacy. They're questioning whether he is legal enough, whether he's keeping all the right rules. And all the while, Jesus is all about making a difference in people's life. So the Pharisees have gotten together and they're having this conversation with Jesus. And he decides to drop the mic on them about who is the shepherd and who are the sheep. But then he throws in a little twist. Now, if you know a little bit about your Bible, then you know that Jesus, known as the good shepherd, we are the sheep, like Psalm 23. Like, we know that we're the sheep, that Jesus is the shepherd. And so, in this time, Jesus starts off and he uses a phrase in John chapter 10, verse 1, that says this, I tell you the truth. Now, when he says, I tell you the truth, what he's really saying is he broke out the mom voice. I mean, do you remember when you were a kid and your mom broke out the mom voice? Like in my case, it was like this. Kenneth Charles Allen, get in here right now. Now what that meant was I had just done something stupid. And so my mom was about to bust me on something. Jesus breaks out the mom voice and he says, I tell you the truth. And he's speaking again to religious leaders. Oh boy, he... He says, anyone who sneaks over the wall of a sheepfold rather than going through the gate must surely be a thief and a robber. Now watch this. If he is the shepherd and we are the sheep, what is a sheepfold? So in the evenings, you wouldn't let sheep just wander all over a pasture because sheep are, well, they're dumb. And they will literally drop off a cliff. They, they can be eaten and devoured. They're not fast. They're not smart. They cannot hide. So they're just easy prey. So in the evenings, a shepherd would gather all the sheep and they would put them in a pen. And so that pen, they had a different pen in every field. So wherever they were at, they would get those sheep and they would herd them into a gate and they would stay at a pen. Now Jesus says to them, I tell you the truth in the mom voice. And it says, anyone who sneaks over the wall of the sheepfold, not coming through the gate, but going the other way around, like sneaking over the top of the fence, Rather than going through the gate, they must surely be a thief and a robber. Now watch this. He's telling them that they're thieves and robbers. He's saying that before he came on the scene, that anybody who claimed that they were the way to get to God, he's saying those folks, that they're not the real deal. Put that in context today. If we're the sheep and he's the shepherd, who are the thieves and robbers? That would be those folks that are telling you, if you'll send 50 bucks today and I'll send you a little jar of like 
anointing oil, that's Wesson cooking oil, that God will answer your prayer. That's a thief and a robber. That's a charlatan. Because anybody that points to themselves, not to Jesus, is the thief and the robber. Now, who's the greatest thief and robber in the story? Well, yeah, it's the most religious people in town, not the people who are trying to point Jesus to a relationship with God. Now, this is so fascinating because we tend to look at religious people and think, man, they got their stuff together. But Jesus is saying, if you want to get your stuff together, stop trying to keep up with all the rules and religions. Just get me right. That's one of the big deals. Last week when we celebrated July 4 and we celebrated freedom, we may have forgotten that the greatest freedom of all is when we're able to stop here and we walk into the gate. This is why in verse 2 it says, but the one who enters through the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, remember that there are a lot of sheep in this pen. And they're not all belonging to the same shepherd. So you may have a few hundred sheep that have been pinned up for the night. But there might be six, eight, ten shepherds. Now, in the Western shepherding, they would use prods and sheep, dog, and they would herd them. But in the Near Eastern model that we're talking about here, those sheep would literally know the voice of their shepherd. He didn't prod them or poke them or or heard them he called them to himself now the cool thing is if you're like me and you have a dog or maybe a pet you you've given that pet name like my dog is named Kirby and he clearly is the greatest dog of all time right but when I call Kirby's name he knows my voice and guess what we have trained Kirby enough to know that when I call his name he comes to me now If it's not my voice, he may not show up just by his name. He's learned my voice. But Jesus is making an illustration here to make sure they understand the difference in herding people toward rules and laws instead of calling people toward grace and mercy. So if Jesus is the good shepherd and we're the sheep, he is saying to the wolves out there, he's saying to the thieves and the robbers, he's saying, if you really want to know me, you're going to know my voice, not yours. You don't have to belong to 1st, 3rd, 8th, 2nd, Presbyterian, Baptist, Methodist Church. You just need me. And if you'll hear my voice, you'll know my voice. And when you know my voice, I'll protect you in the pen while you're inside. And I'll walk with you while you're outside. Now, he goes on and he makes several points here that I think is interesting. He says in verse 4, after he has gathered his own flock, he walks ahead of them and they follow him because they know his voice. They won't follow a stranger. They will run from him because they don't know his voice. Here's my question. Do you know the voice of Jesus today? Is it possible that in all of your intellect and all of the knowledge that we have in the world, is it possible that we've got so much noise in our head that we can't decipher the difference in the world's noise and the voice of Christ as he calls us to follow him? You say, well, Chuck, I want to know that voice. How do I get that voice? Well, I want to give you three quick things that might help you. Number one, you cannot hear multiple things and listen to Jesus. You've got to stop the noise 
long enough to ask for clarity. I do that through a time of meditation every morning. I mean, it starts off with just A, get still, B, get quiet, and C, ask for clarity. You say, Chuck, it can't be that easy, but it is. Secondly, not only do you need to get still and quiet, you need to be clear about what you're asking for. Jesus, what is it that you would have from me today, and how can I follow your voice and follow your footsteps better today? When you ask, he'll give. And three, when he speaks, obey. Most of us today, what we like to do is we think God's telling us to do something, and then we like to go to our bestie and say, what do you think about and look for affirmation? Now, what if we were to see life the other way around? What if we were to hear what the world thinks we should be or should do, and then we turn around and say, Lord, what would you have for me to do, and then compare those notes? What if you flipped around? What if you changed that script? What if your entire dialogue became you and Jesus determining what is best for you? But see, you'd have to know his name. I think that's worth it, don't you? He goes on, though, and he gets so much better. He says in verse 6, Now those who heard Jesus use this illustration didn't understand what he meant. Now, this is an important verse. It doesn't sound like it, but it's changing the tense. Jesus goes from speaking about under-shepherds that would close the gate and guard it at night, and now he's not talking about them. He's talking about himself. Jesus now goes on to make the statement that this is who he is. Jesus seven times says, I am. And this is the third time that he says, I am. And he says, listen, so he explained it to them. I love that phrase. I don't get it, Jesus. What the heck are you trying to tell me? So he says, well, if you'll just hush and listen, I'll explain it to you. So he says, once again, I tell you the truth. Remember, mom voice. So like, guys, I, I know you don't understand because you're not listening. You got to get still. And you got to ask for clarity. So I'm just going to clear it up for you right now. And so he goes on and says, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. Now, in the first part of this text, he's talking about a literal gate that people walk through. Now he says that he's the gate. All right, now watch this. You have the pen, and Jesus is saying, as your good shepherd, I'm going to be the gate. I'm going to sleep in that opening where the gate exists. And the reason I'm going to do that is when you're in me and I am in you, I am literally going to guard you and protect you while you are in my fold. But now watch this. That gate swings open as well. And so Jesus is saying that as you go, I will go with you. Now, this is one of the most beautiful things in all of Scripture. It is the picture and the most wonderful picture of the fact that when we trust Christ, when we allow him to guard and protect our soul, nothing will get in. But in a minute, he's about to break out what those thieves and robbers do, which, by the way, Satan would love to do in your life, to jump the fence and get inside and destroy the sheep. Jesus says, but I'm the gate. I'm going to protect you, I'm going to guard you, and when I open for let you out, I'm going with you. He goes on and he says, all who came before me were thieves and robbers, but the true sheep, they didn't listen to him. 
Yes, I am the gate. Mm. Those who come in through me will be saved. Uh, Saved from what, Chuck? Well, if we're the sheep, the world is looking to devour us, to rob us of our joy and our contentment, our peace. The world is looking to steal anything that might be godly and decent and right, even gracious or kind. And Jesus says, they're going to try to jump the fence, but I'm going to guard you. You know, in America today, we, we find everybody to blame our problems on. We need more government. We need change in education. And I would say, we just need to accept the fact that when you get into the pen with Jesus, he's going to get it right. And when you come outside the pen, he's going to go with you. For some of you today, your greatest need is you need the gate in your life to guard you from what's outside and to walk with you when you're there. Jesus goes on and he says, yes, I am the gate. Those who come in through me will be saved. They will come and go freely and will find good pastures. That sounds like Psalm 23 to me. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. You know, sheep being as dumb as they are, when they're in a field, they will eat until there's nothing left to eat. You know why? Because they don't know for sure that tomorrow they're going to have food. So they eat everything in sight. The only reason a sheep would lay down in a pasture and not eat is that they would know that they have provision tomorrow. Some of you right now, you're wondering, your, your health is bad, your spouse is, they're aging, you're, you're in a state where you don't know what to do with your children or with your, with your parents, or you don't know how you're going to get out of debt, or you just don't know where to go. And Jesus is saying, come in the pen and let me guard you. And as you go, let me walk with you. And some of us are still burning all of our energy trying to figure out how can I fix this mess when Jesus is saying all the time, listen, don't trust the world out there. They're just thieves and robbers. But I will give life to you in a way that you can find peace, joy, fulfillment, and contentment. Come on. How do you not want that? This is where the mic gets dropped. Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. I wonder who the thief is in your life. Hmm. I bet it's you. Because somewhere there's a disconnect between your head and your heart. Because your head says, that doesn't make any sense. Chuck, how could Jesus do that for me? I'm, I'm, I, I'm just not a good person. I, clearly he doesn't know everything I've done. And yet, The scriptures say there's nowhere you can go that he's not with you. So he already knows everything about you and still says, come on into the sheepfold, I've got you. And as you leave, I'll go with you. And all you got to do is let me be your shepherd. Well, if that's what the thief does, Jesus doubles down and says, but this is what I do. And he says, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. To who? To the sheep. Chuck, I thought you said I was the sheep. I did. And Jesus is the shepherd, right. And he says his job is to be my gate so that I can have a rich and satisfying life? Yes. Well, Chuck, you got to help me define rich because I'm as broke as Joe's turkey. And I don't know Joe's turkey. He's not saying rich in the sense of money per se. 
Have you ever heard this phrase, money can't buy happiness? What a bunch of hogwash. Money can indeed buy happiness. It's just short-lived. Like a new boat, that's happiness. After a while, you've got to wash and put gas in it. Happiness over. New car, perfect. Till your kid spills french fries in your new white carpet. No more happy. Jesus wants to give us a rich and satisfying life. Rich in what? His mercy, his grace, his forgiveness, his kindness. He wants to load us up with every bit of richness he has, which is all the grandeur and glory of heaven, all for you. But he doesn't stop there. Then he says, but I also want you to be satisfied. I want you to be at peace when you lay your head on a pillow at night that you're safe, you're secure, that there'll be food tomorrow, there's provision, that I have everything that you need. And if you will come into my gate so that I can walk with you and when you go out, then you have everything you need in Jesus is what he's saying. And my question to you is, why wouldn't you want that? When the rest of the world wants to steal from you and kill you and destroy any joy you could have. And Jesus says, I want your life to be satisfying. I don't know many people who would answer this question in a positive way. If the question was posed to you right now, how satisfied are you with your life? Well, I I suppose it would have to do with how you're doing with your work or with anything else in your life. But Jesus is saying, I don't need you to put that into file folders for me. I just need you to tell me, how are you doing with your life? But he's saying, if you want to be richly satisfied, you can't get there apart from him. Come on. I, I read that and I, I say those words out loud and I think to myself, I want all of him I can get because I want to be richly satisfied. Don't you? Well, if so, walk through the gate and receive his protection and forgiveness so that when you walk out into the rest of the world, You don't have to deal with thieves and robbers and killers. You you can walk in the goodness of God. This is how you walk through a gate. Jesus, come into my life. Forgive me. I know I've messed up. Just forgive me of that. I thank you. Thank you for your promise that you'll forgive me. Take over my life. I I don't want to live for me anymore. I want to live for you. And I may not even know what all that means, but Jesus, I want to trust you because I've made a mess of my life. I do know this. I want to thank you that you died for me and you rose from the grave and you beat sin and you beat death and you beat Satan so that I could have a rich and a satisfying life. My friend, if that's your prayer and it's sincere... And you make that your prayer, even if right now you just say, count me in on that, God. Whatever that guy said, count me in on that. Then this is why Jesus says, if they'll know my voice and they'll hear it and answer it, I'll save them. And you just walked in the gate. My friend, listen. There's nothing like the rich and satisfying life of walking with the good 
shepherd. And I pray today you've made that choice. Father, thank you for the opportunity to know you and to know your voice, to hear you and to answer your call, to walk through the gate and receive your protection and your provision, to walk out in the world and know that you will walk with us and you will guide us and you call us to your name. God, give us clarity that we know your voice. Give us the fullness of the rich and satisfying life that only you offer. And there's no other way for us to receive this rich and satisfying life, the fullness therein, apart from you. So God, we want to celebrate you in our life this day, that you go before us and make a way, that you go within us and bring us that peace and joy, that fulfillment and that contentment, and that you will indeed come along and carry us when we need you to, like that sheep that is in trouble, and you pick them up and carry them, not around the problem, but through the middle of it. God, we're grateful that you will set us down victoriously because you are the good shepherd. And because of that, we praise your name, the name of Jesus, the Holy One. And it's in his name that we pray this fullness. Amen, amen, and amen. Let's worship. Fullness of eternal Stirring in your sons and daughters Earth revealing heaven's wonders Spirit come, Spirit come What you spoke is now unfolding All your children shall be
good. It's so good to be able to worship with you. Thank you for being a part of this time together. We can't wait to see you again soon. Have a great rest of your week. Thank you.